This is the EM Student Podcast, aimed for students on their EM rotation on their drive in the shift. We'll cover high-yield topics and tips in 10-minute segments to get you a head start to succeeding in the ED. This is Brad and Peter, and we're back with another episode. Today's topic, how to read a chest x-ray. In regard to reading a chest x-ray, I feel like by the time third or fourth year of medical school rolls around, I've seen enough that I can say, this is a pneumonia or this is a pneumothorax, but I've never felt confident with my approach to interpretation. Do you have a methodology that you can suggest? Yeah, this is definitely a field where the more the pra- you practice, the better you get. Try to look at every chest x-ray so you can get a good idea of normal, so later you'll have that nagging sense of abnormal. Just like my EKGs, I try to follow a system for chest x-rays. I'm a simple man, and you can't beat the ABCs. So I like the ABCDEFGHI system. But to start, just like the EKG, is it the right patient? Check the name. Is it an AP or PA? It should say so on the chest x-ray. This helps with heart size and orientation to know. Is it adequate inspiration? You need eight intercostal spaces spread apart for adequate inspiration. Is it adequate penetration? You should be able to see about T3, T4. If T4 is super vivid and T5 is visible, it's overexposed. If you can't make out T3, it's underexposed. Is the patient rotated? Check out the clavicles. Are they equal? If the clavicle is shortened on one side, the patient is rotated. And then the aortic arch may start to look strange if they are significantly rotated. And now you know the reason. Now to get to the alphabet. A stands for airways, not the lungs. The trachea. Is it midline? Look for that hollow line in the center of the neck and trace it down. Make sure the carina branches. B. Bones. You can organize this however you like. I typically look outwards in, starting with the humerus, scapula, clavicles. Then I look at the ribs, and finally the vertebrae. People have missed skip facets in trauma, which is a devastating injury, because they forgot to look at the vertebrae in the chest x-ray. So make sure you incorporate this over in your regular view of the chest x-ray. C. Cardiac silhouette. In the AP, you're allowed to up to half the chest thorax as normal size. The PA needs to be a little bit smaller. If you have significant cardiomegalia, make sure you don't have the so-called water bottle heart. If you do, time to throw the ultrasound probe on the heart to make sure no pericardial effusion. D. Diaphragm. Take a look to make sure that there's no air under the diaphragm. It usually looks like a crescent silver. This is where looking at all those chest x-rays comes into play because you need to be able to distinguish between normal, a gastric bubble, and abnormal, free air. Additionally, make sure the diaphragms are nicely curved. Can you see the tapered lateral ends? If not, you likely have a pleural effusion. Are the diaphragms flat? This means the patient likely has COPD. E. Everything else. I look above the apex of the lungs of the soft tissue. This is mostly in trauma. I've seen a fair number of missed normal thoraxes because the subcutaneous emphysema seen above the lung was missed until the radiology noticed it. As a matter of fact, my colleague today just diagnosed a large pneumothorax just because of the subcutaneous air. You'll miss the pneumothorax, and sometimes it will not be evident over on chest x-ray. So this is an important thing to just incorporate over into your daily viewing. F, the fields themselves. You're looking based on your clinical questions. Always make sure you have lung markings all the way out to ensure no pneumothorax. Consolidations, pulmonary edema, pulmonary fibrosis, atelectasis. There are definitely some intricacies overlooking the fields. I like learningradiology.com to help hone these skills. G. The gastric bubble. Make sure it's below the diaphragm and not in the chest, a sign of a diaphragmatic rupture. H. Hyler vasculature. Surprisingly, this is actually your first tip-off to CHF. Fluid rises and it starts in the vasculature. You get something called cephalization of the vessels, meaning the lower part of the vessel is full, but so is the upper part. And like a column of water, 
it rises until it overflows, and then it spills into the lungs. Also good to look at a prior, some people have prominent hyalur vasculature that can be confusing, and looks almost like an infiltrate and can fool you. Lastly, if you get really good, you can even diagnose pulmonary hypertension. And last in our ABCs is going to be I, invasive lines. Any additional stuff that's not native to the chest. This can even be EKG leads and stickers. You need a lateral to confirm something is not a foreign body. In general, this is really relevant for ET tube placement, which should be 3 to 4 centimeters above the carina, and for NG tube placement in the stomach and not the lungs, and the rare cases that you're actually really trying to look for a foreign body. Thanks for tuning in to the EM Student Podcast. Please email us at emstudentpodcast at gmail.com with any comments on the material or idea for future podcasts. Remember, the ED is a serious place, but it's also about doing what you enjoy. Good luck and go have some fun.